Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text for today is from St. Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, which reads, Put on the full armor of God, so that you may be able to stand firm against the devil's strategies. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, these are powerful words. Through St. Paul, the Holy Spirit tells us to stand firm. His apostolic tone is like a great military leader addressing professionally trained warriors before the battle. The apostle knows that the situation is desperate. Satan wants to win. Satan wants you to think that you are broken and defeated. Just quit. Give up. Surrender. The good news, the gospel, is that Satan and his lies are defeated. For we are washed in the blood of Christ. He won the victory on the cross. Christ crushed and defeated the devil. He destroyed sin, death, and the power of the devil, a promise that was made back in Genesis chapter 3 and then fulfilled ultimately on Golgotha. The battle is won. Still, Paul orders us to stand firm, hold the line. The intense passion behind stand firm carries the tenacity and the urgency to, above all, hold in place, fix the bayonets, and dig in. The command of Paul is, More than a bright idea, a noble suggestion, a piece of good advice. As children of God redeemed under Christ, we have purpose and we have meaning in our lives. We're not supposed to stand around leisurely meandering with friends and overlooking some restful scene. No, this is spiritual warfare with a deadly and a cunning enemy. Stand firm means be vigilant, keep alert. Always be on guard. In a sermon preached in 1531, Luther tells us about the urgency of of being alert and standing firm. He wrote this, Therefore, learn that the devil with his angels is not in India or in Ethiopia, but in your room, in your streets, in your house, in your bed, under your table, and where you walk and stand. There you are surrounded like bees. It doesn't matter where you are, whether safe at home or deployed far away from loved ones, the devil prowls seeking to find a breach in your perimeter. So whether standing uh, watch aboard a ship, working on a flight line, or holding fast in a fighting position, Stay alert. Stand firm means hold your ground and don't let the enemy through. This is a desperate battle. It's the spiritual battle of the bulge, the thermopylae of the conscious, the midway of your soul, the key son of truth, the fallujah of eternal salvation and countless other battles where a determined enemy is held at place by a heroic stand of dedicated warriors. But in this case, the warriors are members of the body of Christ. 
Right? Even, though, even, though bodies are, even though casualties are piling up, stand firm. You hold fast even as the enemy gears up for another assault. You hear the chanting, the brush rattling, enemy bugles in the distance. Stand firm. Do not run. Hold the line. Do not abandon your post. Lock your heels. Hold your ground. Show others to your right and to your left that fear is just an emotion that is easily dismissed. You know, brothers and sisters in Christ, we fight battles every day. We know that the victory belongs to Christ. It's God's Son and promised Savior who suffered, who bled, and who died for all humanity. And it's by his death that he crushed Satan and destroyed the, evils, uh, the devil's schemes to place you firmly in his clutches. And so now, now you are a prize-winning champion. You are a member of the most victorious military force in all of human history. We are a triumphant army on the march. For Christ Jesus stood firm and he won. And he leads the column. And we, we share in this magnificent victory. He calls us through the water of holy baptism where the, the old Adam drowned and a new Adam is brought forth. And through that forgiveness of sins, Christ touches our inner beings. Now we are at peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we come to the sacrament of the altar, we partake in the great feast of his body and blood. We, we eat and we drink. Uh, we partake of forgiveness, eternal life, hope, and peace. And as redeemed warriors in Christ, we live a life of vigilance, a vocation where we stand firm. Through faith, we forever trust in him. We extend this trust and love to those on our right and on our left. We reach out in mercy to our enemies and extend a hand of mercy and peace. For the victorious Lord of all commands us to stand firm. But you know, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, that this isn't always easy. Many of you think it's not so much the battles, but rather the, the daily living that makes being a stand-firm warrior so difficult. It is a tough world out there. Life has a way of dishing out ugly portions on an already crowded plate. You come to church Sunday after Sunday, you're tired, you bow your head in prayer, and you look to the person in the next pew. Why is his cancer in remission when my loved one is in the final stages of life? You think about a coworker. Why is that person debt-free and happy, and the only mail that I ever seem to get is that from collection agencies? You hear news of another loved one in trouble with the law or a friend struggling with a debilitating addiction. You may be working through deep issues of post-traumatic stress or loss of health. You might even be wondering, is life even worth it? You look at the news and you sigh. The world has gone upside down. And like the prophet, you exclaim, evil is good and good is now evil. Your brothers and sisters in Christ, despite the vicious assaults of Satan, there is good news. 
to stand firm without being told what to stand firm in, well, that's empty, right? Without Christ the Lord, it is all meaningless chatter. The words then become a senseless pep talk that rings hollow in the ears of, of those in a desperate battle. It's, it sounds like a sales pitch by a huckster. The Apostle Paul highlights this in his book of Galatians where, where he speaks of the futility of his studiousness of God's law. Do you remember how he speaks of his zealousness? Paul wrote of this high level, he wrote of his high level of understanding of tradition, but he says it was all nothing. It was all meaningless because it did not have Christ at its core. So standing firm without Christ, well, that's a disaster. But with Christ, well, that's all the difference in the world. For we cannot beat back the devil. We cannot hold our ground on our own. We must turn to God's promises found in Christ. In 1 Peter 2, we read, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And so we take up that call as living as God's people belonging to God, despite debt or danger or loss, futility, pain, or countless other assaults thrown at us in the battle line. Our only hope is in Jesus our Savior, God's Son. See, brothers and sisters in Christ, this isn't, us, uh, this isn't about us being great and wonderful, victorious, or having some uh, smug, pharisaic sense of self-importance or self-righteousness. No. The book of Hebrews makes it clear. Let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It is about Jesus. This emboldens us to hold our ground. We stand firm in Christ. We preserve against attack by, uh, by letting Christ take the battle to the devil's doorstep. And to put it another way, it's Christ alone. Look at the gifts that he gives. Our baptism in Christ is the death knell to the ears of the devil. As newborns, we have nothing we add or bring nothing to the fight. We're helpless. We are in need of constant care. But see, baptism is God's activity. And God transforms us through the Holy Spirit. Through water and the Word, we are made heirs of a kingdom, His kingdom, and we are extended salvation. In 1 Peter 3.21, Peter writes, Baptism which corresponds to this now saves you not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This emboldens us to stand firm. In the sacrament of the altar, we're nourished again and again by His body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. This also emboldens us to stand firm. For we continue the fight and we see once again that the Lord is doing all the activity at his table. 
the gift of forgiveness and absolution in Christ, it renews us and it restores us. In Acts 10, we hear Peter proclaiming to Cornelius and his household, and Christ commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Then Paul writes on and elaborates on Peter's sermon when he says in Colossians 1, May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. This, too, emboldens us to stand firm. We look again to our children, to our spouse, our co-workers, now being pardoned of our sins and able to, to lock arm in arm with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We stand firm as we continue to study God's Word. By meditating on the promises of God in Scripture, we are tied to the body of Christ, which extends from the first Adam in the garden to the second Adam, who is Christ, who restores us to God. In the Scriptures, we see God moving through human history, redeeming His people, making them holy. And this emboldens us to stand firm. As warriors of faith, we know the joy and we know the strength that prayer brings. Through Christ, we have now direct access to God. And through prayer, we enter into a holy dialogue with our strength and our Redeemer. King David wrote, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired ha haven. This emboldens us to stand firm. for We stand alongside Christ as victors. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we have a responsibility to tell the world how it is that we stand firm. The world needs to know of this vast armada that belongs to Christ. We are called to bring in those who are crumbling under the onslaught of Satan and those who are crushed by his evil schemes. We're called to start at home, to embrace our families with prayer, to take the good news of Christ to the workplace to share with those who are going through similar circumstances the opportunity that it is to put their trust in Christ who will never fail. We are called to be that city on a hill, that beacon of light to a world darkened by sin. And we are at all times, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, called to stand firm in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard our hearts and minds as we stand firm in Christ Jesus. Amen.